Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. I need you to S the TM. F you. Hit the theme music. Hey. Nailed it. Well, what's what's S S the what? Uh, no, it was uh, did I say S? No, it's H. Hit the theme music. Yeah. I'm no, like, shit the theme music. What the theme music? Shit it. Oh, okay, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, that's, okay. I was gonna say for a while that was nice, clean, fun, but you know, <laughs> apparently I also nope. don't know how to spell hit. <laughs> yeah, I guess did not. I say S? You said S. Nah, all right, that's not right. Whatever. Yep. You know. You know, I'm gonna, gonna do start a... the theme music. I'm yo. That's what it was. Mm. I'm sorry. Start the theme music. Fucking hell. I don't... Do I say hit or start? I think you say hit. Do I say hit? I think no. You say, you say start. Hit don't the you? theme. Start the theme music. No, I think I say hit. I you say start. In my head, I think I say start. <laughs> Listeners, tweet at us at Slow Readers and at Top Gallant Radio, or leave a review. Just be like three stars. By the way, yeah. <laughs> so, welcome, dear listener readers. Hello, everyone. To Slow Readers, your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gallant Radio. Here, the conversation is always on books. It's always on fucking. It's always on words on the page. It's always on dirty dick stories. It's always on shitting your pants in the south of France. Yeah, and it's always on puberty. Gabriel, mm-hmm. uh, this is the only in the world. We yeah. checked. We did our research. Mm-hmm. This is the only expliterate yep. uh, show, podcast out there. Very, very true. Expliterate literature comedy podcast. Uh, I dare you to find another one. Yeah, uh, there's not one. The one that sounds at least this good. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Yeah, there, there you go. That's that's the problem. I'm sure there's somebody out there just being like, pick up fucking Jane Austen. Which fucking jerks. Uh, so anyway. Why this... don't they read more? Uh, why don't they finish Gone with the Wind? <laughs> You love Gone with the Wind. Ugh. You loved it. You were like, I love, I'm super into the story, but. I I was into it. Yeah, it just, terrible. it just couldn't, I just couldn't stomach it anymore. Did you know, um, uh, no. for some small, re- we'll introduce ourselves in a moment. Small readers? Some, for, for small readers. No, for, uh, for small research, for some, uh, in my research. Okay. Um, sorry. I have like the, the sourness <laughs> of Gabriel's really nice margarita on the tip of my tongue. Gotta make making, it sharp, baby. It was making my, uh, my, my speech curl. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Just thinking about this uh, in terms of like like literature and everything like that. That uh, yeah, Gone with the Wind came out in like thirty seven, mm-hmm. so it's like more modern than things like you know H. P. Lovecraft, most Hemingway, Faulkner yeah. novels. Um, uh, uh, Correct. Uh, Sherwood Anderson's Winesburg, Ohio, is way older. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is it's even more racist than you think it is. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like I, it's an active lost causer book. Yeah, it is. It, it, it was always I mean, we did a whole episode on this about like yeah. how like basically it's a, it's a lost cause fantasy. Yeah. Um. But like, and it's also one of those things like, but you expect it to come out in like 1900 or something like that. Yeah. No. Maybe like 18, like 1890 something. Uh, Cormac McCarthy is older than fucking uh, 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 Gone with the Wind. That's wild. It's not like is he almost like 100 years old. Uh, he was born in 33. Um, oh, okay. I think uh, I think Joyce Carol Oates was thirty-eight. Wow, they old. I yeah, know they're old. Mm-hmm. But there's somebody else who's really old who's a good writer and still around. Is it us? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of us, Gabriel Lewin, what uh, are you? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian. Every now and again, I'm a writer and a podcast producer. And one of these days, you can come see me behind a bar. But you know, just you know, um, I can always fill my Yeti thermos with margarita and just bring it to your house. That's an option. Yeah, just just uh, uh, send him. Uh, a few bucks through uh, your your Venmo, uh, uh, Slutty Barboy. That, that's my name. Yeah. Co-host, who are you? I am Daniel Gonzalez, <laughs> an audio producer, editor, writer, and an author of speculative fiction. What? Yeah, I was just coughing. A I'm, bit. Yeah, but I'm so used to you being like like uh, saying Gonzales, something Gonzales, there. Yes. And just the fact that you were going. <laughs> Yeah, right yeah at that no, this margarita is really sour. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good though. You did a good. Uh, no, this, gave... this is how you do it. 
Uh, yeah, uh, he doesn't need to be told he makes a good margarita because mm-hmm. many people professionally tell him that. That's very true. Yes. Uh, and this is a show about books. Yeah, we're a real literature show. If this has been amusing to you in the slightest, if you've oh, been God. a fan of ours for mm-hmm. 176 episodes, apparently, yeah. um, please take a second, go to Apple Podcasts, and write a review for our show. Mm-hmm. We need your reviews to grow. If you haven't yeah. done it yet, you have no excuse. Just please, takes like fucking two minutes, write five stars. I've never been more sexually attracted to two men's voices and their talk of books. I love shows that are too much like two guys talking about a book they read. Exactly. I checked recently. I'm, I'm checking again because it's been like two days, but I don't, we haven't yeah, had it's any been. New, new days. Eh. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nothing new. Come on, guys. We still we still are tied with as many stars as the You Talking You Two to Me show. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is a show about books. Yeah. And, and that's the end of it. But yep. now. I'm, See you guys next week. I'm kidding. Gabriel. Yeah. So you picked the story that we're doing today. I did. Yes. Uh, comedically, this is my reaction to this, is that like uh, we're reading. We're actually we're, we're currently doing the Redwall series. We are indeed. Um, which are like full length novels. They're not. Yeah. Like, they're always longer than I think they are. They're not like short little ditties even though they they can kind of feel like the after you finished it mm-hmm. um so like it's it was one of those things like oh let's pick a short story so like you know we don't have to like cram it into like a full-length novel yeah. a 100,000 word novel in be- in every week now we have two weeks so i can read all the other poor shit i'm reading yeah my pile only grows yeah and uh and so gabe was like was like i got this idea let's read half a novel <laughs> what? it's a one third it's it's 250 pages the you whole book read, is yeah that's hilarious <laughs> you had us read the first hundred but <laughs> well originally last week i had said that uh-huh. i wanted it i i had mistaken down and out in paris and london by george orwell to be short stories yeah but they are basically like vignettes but it's not an it's it doesn't feel like a novel novel you, you, but you i thought of like the individual things as, as individual you, stories you could and couldn't Okay. You know, it's better to read it full, fully through. So I was like, well, you know, it'd be more fun. Let's do it. Let's like, I've, I've been talking about this book for a while. I wanted to do this book for mm-hmm. a while. And I thought, you know, we'd do a couple sections of it. And I think they're, it's pretty short comparatively. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been what? Could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse. All right. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. What did we read? We read part one mm-hmm. of Jonathan Ames's collection of nonfiction called What's Not to Love? The Adventures of a Mildly Perverted Young Writer. We read all of part one, Troubles. Yes. So that is the stories Pubertas Agonistes to A W on My P. Yes, which is apparently, I guess, a, a well-known one from the 90s from uh, uh, the, New, the Yorker? New York Press. New York Press. Okay. Yeah, no, the New Yorker New York Press. New York Press was more of a rag. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. A charming rag. This, there's, yeah. Well, no, I'll get to the feelings and everything. Gabriel, mm-hmm. uh, so I believe you did some research I on did indeed. the author, Jonathan Ames. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Ames, he was born on March 23rd, 1960. In New York City, of course he was. These these intellectual writer types and perverts. Even though um in the thing he might have been born there, but uh you know he's a new he's a Jersey boy. Yeah, he was raised in Oakland, New Jersey. Yeah, and he ended up actually his his, his degree in English. He got an eighty seven from Princeton, mm-hmm. and also um, uh, yeah he's, he's a bit of a Jersey guy too. <laughs> but so this collection comes from his late nineteen nineties and early two thousands columns mm-hmm. in the New York Press, which was a newspaper publication in New York, a little more underground, somewhere around the Village Voice kind of realm. It's not certain 
certainly not the New Yorker, <laughs> but you know, it, it kind of had that like that punk rock appeal of, of, in the late nineties. Um, besides that, he also taught at Columbia. He taught at the new school. He taught at the Iowa writers workshop. He was also as discussed in this book, um, briefly a male model. Mm-hmm. And he also fought in two amateur boxing matches with the nickname, the herring wonder. Yeah, I think he briefly mentions that in one of these stories. Uh, maybe. I don't recall. All right. I don't know. I, I don't know. Have you read the entire book? Not to get too far ahead. I have not yet. No. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, his first novel was called I Pass Like Night. It was kind of very, that was based about a Manhattan doorman. It came out in 1989. And his second novel, The Extra Man, is loosely inspired by events in his own life as a pervy and wandering English teacher. Most interestingly, I think to you, Daniel, anyway, um, oh, he, yeah. he wrote You Were Never Really Here, oh, which became God. the movie um, directed by Lynn Ramsey. Called? Huh? What was it called? The movie. You Were Never Really Here. Yeah. I, I said it. <laughs> I know. No, you said the title. No, you said that he wrote the book. The joke was that you said he wrote the book, You Were Never Really Here, which was made into oh, a movie. I said, what was the gotcha. name of the Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. I'm sorry. Go Our ahead. timing is on today. Yes. Yeah, it became the Joaquin Phoenix film. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Daniel's a big fan. Mm-hmm. He also wrote Wake Up, Sir, which is kind of an homage to P.G. Wodehouse's Tales of Jeeves and Worcester. Mm-hmm. And he's also a winner of the Guggenheim Fellowship. Wodehouse, that motherfucker. Yeah, good old Emma Woodhouse. Um, last bit of here. Uh, he created the HBO series Bored to Death, starring mm-hmm. Jason Schwartzman, Zach Galifianakis, and Ted Danson. And here's a little bit of his personal life. He also was a longtime partner of Fiona Apple. Her song Jonathan from the Idler Wheel was written about him. Uh-huh. Believe it or not. Is he still with her? No. They kind of have an generally mm-hmm. on again, off again, but mostly off kind of relationship. You don't she, say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, lastly, this book here, What's Not to Love, was only finally published in 2007, even though most of these articles were written in the 2000s-ish. Mm-hmm. That's Wait, all the research I did. These articles were written in the 2000s? 90s, 2000s. Okay, because it seems like the earlier stories, the ones that we read, were like kind of like late 90s-ish. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, Or I think like uh, the, specifically the W on the P story, I mm-hmm. think that was like, they give like a date for that. I think like 97 or something. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I don't know. I could be making that shit up. Yeah. But all right, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Uh, uh, you may as well just keep. Uh, you're, you're the one who likes to kind of like do his best to, in as quick of a fashion as possible, kind of uh-huh. like s- give us a synopsis of basically the look of part one from What's Not to Love, which I believe uh-huh. is called Trouble. Troubles. Which is confusing because the second part is called Problems. Yes. Which are synonyms. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And part three is called Difficulties. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Love that. So, gosh, how to describe this? Um, it is, so as we said before, it was a column he wrote. At first it was like, like once a month, every six weeks. Then mm-hmm. it became more frequent than that. Mostly about his misadventures in New York and, and also about his, um, his youth as a, uh, weird, sexually voracious late bloomer who's definitely preoccupied with the weird humanity of sex. Yeah, I also want to say, when you say late bloomer, you mean that literally. Literally. Uh, he went through puberty. The very first story is about how he went through puberty at the age of 16. Yes, yes. he was very late. And like, the, the book is very explicit, but I think not in a way. That I'm never disgusted reading these. I'm, I'm usually just like, oh, Jesus, Jonathan. Yeah. The, there isn't there isn't a charming, very like, like, genteel quality to his writing about sex and grossness like about playing with his penis in front of his mom and his mom being like that's nice sweetie but this is the line we're not crossing Uh so it's a lot of these stories and they're all very very irreverent but i I think also there's a certain kind of moving quality to them like i really particularly like writing um uh, his piece about um the guy who's the painter 
Yeah. Yeah. So these are portraits. These are memories about like STDs, fucking shitting. <laughs> but really, don't let that ward you away. This, these are. I, <laughs> I find these very charming. All right. I thought you were gonna say. Yeah, you're. I feel like you're gonna make the argument. It's like don't make that like ward you away if you find those gross. And you were going to say these aren't these are stories about other things. They're not. They're not. <laughs> They're not. Th- those those are the. They're subjects. about the things. Um. So yeah, Gabriel, real quick before we like yeah, you sub you sub- summarized it. We talk about our feelings about these later on, but tell us what history do you have with Jonathan Ames? Oh, I thought we we're gonna save this for later. Well, all right then. Yeah, but we're uh, this first part's very small, so let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so gosh, the funniest thing about this whole thing was that uh, <laughs> I've been looking for this book for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. I never knew what it was called. Way back in my own New York days, um, back in the early 2010s, I worked in the West Village. And there I worked in the sex shops. I worked in cookie stores. I was a bartender. I was a bar like a bar back bus boy. And at my favorite bar, there was a gentleman named David Shea, Emmy Award winning David Shea, who is a weird... Gosh. what's, What's the word I'm looking for? He was like a... Uh, a real renaissance man kind of guy. Uh-huh. He was uh, very smart, mildly uh, uh, misogynistic, but he had a good heart on him. But he, you know, he was one of those a very New York fixture. He was a, like a very New York guy. Uh, he I, looked kind of like Jonathan Ames. I want to crack the joke saying that's like, by the way, uh, 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 David Shea is the actual correct pronunciation of David Shea's. Really? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm like, wow. Okay, anyway, God damn, you're is that was that real? Or that was real. With me? I'm oh, like, what are you talking about? Your fucking comedic kind of chops are, are not chops, but like the yeah. dynamic here is way off. Way off today. I don't know. I slept for like five hours today. Uh, no. I, I went to bed at 3 a.m. last night for no real reason. Yeah, that's what I always do. Apparently. Oh my goodness, sleepy boy. Well, it's not good. I yeah. wish I, I wish I would rather be up early and everything. But mm-hmm. I, I wanted to get I wanted to get into that if you don't mind because oh, please do. because again um. I'm sorry. Wait, you were talking about no, so the whole Dave, thing about David how the Shea. guy looks like him. Yeah, no, my my thing. My, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you interrupted. <laughs> I'm sorry. With yeah. your odd bit that I didn't get, uh, that um, uh, Dave. We called him Diamond Dave, Angry Dave, any variation of the bar regular Dave. You know, mm-hmm. this is how I kind of got into my whole loving the bar life. Um, he was a girl character, and we would often sit and talk about books and literature. And he told me and Ibrahim Omar, friend of the show, about mm. these Jonathan Ames stories because Dave read these when they came out. He was a New Yorker. Oh, I'm sorry. He was a New Yorker from way back. And he read these New York Press stories. He read the City Slicker column. That's what it was called. I'm sorry. I forgot to mention that. The column was called City Slicker. Yeah, he yeah. read these columns as they came out. And the way he described them to me were so interesting and so fascinating. It was everything I wanted to be reading about that I, you know, I like my like Henry Millery kind of shit. I don't like Henry Miller himself. You love Harry Miller. You're always yeah. like, listen, like people grew up, like my Moby Dick was fucking tropic, tropic, tropic of cancer. cancer. Mostly because of the cancer. Oh my God. You're just like, like, yeah, I love talking about the penis bone. <laughs> I want a complete, like unbroken paragraph describing a sweaty fuck. Yeah. 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 I don't really get Henry Miller. My dad loves Henry Miller, <laughs> but um, I was kind of, I love reading about like, you know, the nightlife and sexual perversions, but as long as they're charming, which okay. these are. So that's why, I, and Dave told me to seek out these stories, never told me what the collection was. I didn't even know if there was a collection of these, of, of, of all of his printings, because yeah. I had no idea. This was like 2012 or so. Okay. And final, and every bookstore I've gone to for the last 10 years, I've looked for Jonathan Ames' stuff and seen if, hey, maybe I'd find this thing. I finally found it one month ago or so at the Iliad Bookshop here in LA. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, no, I think I was there when you when you when you found it. You're like, I found the book. I found the book. I found I'm the like, book. whatever, dude. I'm looking for Thomas Savage. I don't care. I'm reading only my things. I want a fucking Spider Robinson. Spider Robinson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what? that's another one I've been looking for. Okay, what's Spider Robinson? Um, Spider Robinson's book. I'm um, a uh, Callahan Space Time Saloon. Is he a boxer? No, he's a sci-fi writer. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, That's Daniel. interesting. So that was literal. I thought you were joking about the subject matter there. Which part? <laughs> the, the subject matter. He wrote, he wrote about like a. What'd you say? Callahan Space Time Saloon. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I thought you were that. I was just like something. It's like, oh, it's some guy who wrote ha, this silly thing. No, but no, that's, that that's the book. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I would. I, I would. We I, are not insane. I today. wasn't expecting you to say I was looking for an actual science fiction author. Yes, no. That's usually not your thing. No. Okay. That's what I look for in a sci-fi section. Yeah, I know. I did a. I, I was. T- I was giving. I was dishing out to my brother total sick burns or whatever mm-hmm. um, earlier today, and like one of them was because I asked him like, hey, is uh, our movie theaters over there in P- Eastern Pennsylvania uh, playing Tenant? Yeah. And my brother's like three hour response later on or it was three hours later was like uh yeah in our small uh horse and buggy town over here we just got fresh water and electricity yeah we're playing tenant and i was like well no it's because of this but then i considered to be like by the way did you ever f- fix all those witch problems because of all the plaguing of the crops yeah but uh but one of them was um uh like he, my brother started complaining about Christopher Nolan saying, I was like, yeah, I love, I love stories that are all about explaining the premise to you. And I'm like, you just explain the science fiction genre, dude. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. And I started making yeah. fun of the book that mm-hmm. he tried. Anyway. I, I have more, I have more of a history of Jonathan Ames beyond that, but I'll get into that later on. Cause that's much more of my personal feelings, my association with it. Okay. So I want to go to you, Daniel. What is your association of Jonathan Ames? Have yeah. you read anything? There's not much. No, I've never. I know you just love, yeah. you're never really here. I, I've never, I've never mixed. Uh, I've never read anything of his. Uh, for understand also, I don't even know if I, I should have actually, I didn't Wikipedia him at all, uh, before we're doing this. Um, I don't even, has he written like, yeah, he wrote novels, but like, yeah. I don't know if, if he's even still doing that. Cause obviously he's like making like HBO shows and shit. Well, no, he hasn't made an HBO show in quite some time. Not since Bored to Death and Blunt Talk, the Patrick Stewart show. But uh, Blunt Talk was like several years ago though. Mm, was it? I thought it was much longer ago. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's also, you know, as far as I know, it's yeah. like 2015. No, he's still writing. I think okay. that's like, like, I think um, uh, Wake Up Sir was maybe the most recent book that he wrote. All right. Well, uh, the main thing, my introduction to it, Jonathan Ames was uh, the HBO show A Bored to Death. Yes, indeed. Well, a show that I'm like, this is the best concept ever. And I'd watch it. And it has like three really amazing male leads. Mm-hmm. And I watch this and I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> but you hate, you hate Bored to Death? I do not like Bored to Death. Really? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I was also like, like younger ish mm-hmm. when I when I watched it. I, I, don't, I, don't I know also yeah. the first time I watched it, the 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 promise of the premise was not the show. Okay, I felt that like a that. <laughs> It, it was it was certainly not really a detective show. No, I was expecting a comedy show. <laughs> and oh, it wasn't yeah. very funny. <laughs> I, I was expecting more of either way, and it was like a weird middle ground show. I yeah. don't know. Well, well, we'll get into that more in the feelings because I don't want to. Yeah. I want to tip my hat too much. But then again, also on top of this, uh, one of like my favorite movies in the past several years was the acclaimed Lynn Ramsey film uh, "You Were Never Really Here," starring Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, great movie i, I know it. so little about it yeah uh it's it's such an uh, it, was, it was like a real eyebrow raiser for me that jonathan ames wrote this violent stranger movie i've always been curious about buying the novella mm. um because again like i you can see between reading these stories knowing bored to death and kind of and it's clearly those are very about him yeah uh and like clearly you see that yeah. he has a certain angle that schwartzman's he, character's name is jonathan, jonathan ames. ames yes uh 
like you like so i'm curious i'm like so what was the novella it was a novella and it's like like oh my name is jonathan Ames. i woke up with a hard on you know it's a really wacky premise no i'm curious if that is the case like mm-hmm. I, i'm really curious how similar or different the original story is because yeah the story as i know it as lynn ramsey adapted it into the film i'm just like i cannot see this guy making that story yeah it, it's yeah kind of makes you wonder it is and that's why i've always been curious about getting it. so like clearly uh, never actually really, I mean, Bored to Death, yeah, sure, but, like, yeah. it's kind of, like, 50-50 there, where it's, like, Bored to Death, I don't like, uh, You Were Never Really Here, I I do really like. I think um, that that's, a, that's an interesting cue to see that, apparently, he ha- he's a writer of real intention, and he apparently has a lot of different skills that, um... The very idea that he wrote this this PG Wodehouse book, and then he also wrote like like his other books. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like some masturbatory. I'm a pervert writer, like living a life book. Okay, fine, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. But he also to know that he wrote a PG Wodehouse book and mm-hmm. wrote "You Were Never Really Here." I'm like, wow, there's some real intentionality in what you do. Yeah, and you, yeah, it, it's such an especially after if you if you know like the like what happens and you were never really here. It's like I can't. I really can't see this guy doing that story. Cool. I, see, that, cur- that's exciting to I'm me. I'm curious how much of that, that is uh, Lynn Ramsey and how much of, or how much of it is, is Ames. That said, mm-hmm. we're going along. Let's go on break Are for a we? second. Let's pump the brakes. Oh my God. Or not, but you know. <laughs> uh, let's pump the brakes. Okay. When we come back, mm-hmm. we have a game to play. Oh boy. You all set? I'm, I'm ready. All right. Throwing it to break. Oh God. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. Dear listener readers, to... Slow readers. To book boys. To book boys. The book boys. Read only it. bad boys of book learning. Here to talk about books. Talk about reading. Talk about doing. Explitterature. Gabriel. Yeah. We have a game we like to play. Uh, yeah. A little game. We do. Called Gatekeeper. 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 Gabriel, last week this fucking game went on for like twenty minutes, like twenty over twenty minutes. <laughs> it was it was a real cat and mouse game. Yeah, well, pun intended. I mean, that am I wrong? That's how Gatekeeper is supposed to be. We'll see if I if I can try and bring back the magic back on my uh-huh. end. Gabriel, how we play Gatekeeper is that basically is that I'm thinking about something usually related to the subject that we read, mm-hmm. uh, and basically you need you have uh, you have to figure it out. You start with ten points and figure it out. You have ten clues, aka gates yes indeed that basically you randomly select one you have a chance to basically guess it mm-hmm. if you get right you get all your points if you guess wrong you lose a point you lose two points and you move on to the next gate yeah uh but if you choose you can also choose not to guess and you mm-hmm. lose a point and move on and you get to pick again so the, the whole point of the game is to uh guess the correct what i'm thinking of uh with the most points as possible okay now, we'll see if you can beat your high score 20 out of 10 20 out of 10 uh, so Gabriel, I am the turbo of this game. The subject, yes, Daniel. that I have in my head mm-hmm. is related to Jonathan Ames. Okay, because Jonathan is it Jason Schwartzman movies. Yes, no, oh, close. Uh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Ames is Matt. Love you, Thurlby movies. Probably a lot of people, probably older people at this point, uh, will uh-huh. remember the fact that, like, oh, he's the guy who did Bored to Death. Yeah, in an original HBO program. Uh huh. Gabriel, yes, Daniel. What HBO program am I thinking of? Oh my. Okay. There's a lot of them. Okay, show slash Arliss. Arliss, exactly right. <laughs> Damn it. That would be so funny. You would have gotten a 20 if I Yeah, <laughs> for, for, you didn't even start the game. Yeah. So, Gabriel, again, the 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 point of this game is the idea. It's like the two worst conclusions. The two worst... Uh, worst uh, case scenarios. Worst case scenarios are either guess it right away or you can't guess it at all. Yes. Right? Anywhere in the middle is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week was actually great. Like it was literally like in the middle. Yeah, it, it was a long mind game we played. So I'm hoping it's going to be here. 
I, I'm always a little yeah. nervous because like, again, like, I like I got a twenty out of ten by guessing on the first clue twice in a row. Yeah, basically, yeah, literally in a row, the same Yo. like Frankfurt games. So this time, I'm hoping that we're gonna do this because I'm I'm always a little I'm, you know I'm feeling kind of nervous, being like you should know that this is a thing. Okay, I'm hoping you do. Okay, but we'll uh, we'll see. All right, so Gabriel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want you to pick a number between one and ten, and I'll keep track of your. Also, oh, I'm sorry before we do that. Yeah, theme music. Cue the theme music. Now pick a fucking number. Daniel, you know I gotta go with my gut. I always gotta go number seven. Number seven. I knew you were gonna do that. Yeah. Hey, I'm a man of habit. Which is fine. It makes it helps me prepare. Okay. Fire Gabe. Gabe. Man of habit. Yeah, what? You're number seven. Okay. This is a former HBO program, meaning that the show has either been canceled or it completed. Okay. Depending on how you look at it. All right, then. Uh, the show does continue to this day, but in an entirely different format and medium. Interesting. So Gabriel, also if you want, you can you can ask a yes or no question, but it'll cost you five points. I know, that's a lot. Right now we are ten points. Hmm, okay. Do you, do you think you can guess that? Because again, the show is over, let's say. Mm-hmm. And it continues to this day in an entirely different format. Okay, that's very interesting. That's a very, very interesting clue. There's a lot of HBO shows. Mm-hmm. Only so many of them have lives after death. Uh hmm. So either it's canceled or finished. Um, so that's gonna knock out a lot of ones. The Wire is gone. Um, I know that's like that's an amazing show that we both love. I don't know. Have you read the graphic novel series? Oh, I know, I know that he started. You know, they have one of those guided like super chibi cute ones yeah, where like yeah. you know how like like My Hero Academia will have the really comedy bits. Yeah, like so a- it's like super cute little <laughs> McNulty with like a big round eyes. David, uh, uh, David Chase, David Simon, uh, read, uh, Little Endless, uh, speaking of Neil Gaiman, uh-huh. uh, and was just like, I want to do that, but it's all, but it's like little Omar, little Love it. Omar. Daniel, I, I, it's still too big a field. I have to go on to the next clue. Okay. Fortunately, you will not get half of your high score. That's okay. But we're moving on. Gabriel, pick a number uh, between one and ten. Um, normally I go three next, but let's go one. One? Okay. Here's, here's a, here's a good one. Good one. I think so think so only six 15 minute episodes were ever produced oh they aired as three 30 minute episode one episode appearing in 1997 another in 1999 and the last in 2000 also i do want to say some of these have like a uh, little like secondary kind of clues uh, that i'll read if you hit certain other clues daniel i think i know it okay I mean, you have nine points right now, if That's you know true. it. Daniel, is it Tenacious D? Gabriel, is that your final answer? It is. Gabriel, it is Tenacious D! Yes! Turbo! I was, turbo! I was very nervous that you didn't know Tenacious D was so serious. Yeah. Okay. The Complete Masterworks was on DVD. I, I almost bought it many times. Yeah. It's also, uh, the, the show is available on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me read the other I was going to guess Thrones, and I'm like, that's way too obvious. It can't be Thrones. That's still going on, though. Well, let me see if you would have guessed it from any of these other clues. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, number two was, HBO gave the creators a chance to make more episodes, but the creators refused uh, because they would have to uh, relinquish their executive producer roles. Uh, that wouldn't have helped. Uh, 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 Kyle Gass explicitly said that, who was, who was one of the two parts of Tenacious D. Mm-hmm. Um, number three was the series focuses on a duo. These characters, and the, the secondary one was uh, these characters go by their initials. Interesting. Yeah, that would have been very obvious. I, I wouldn't know that's the case because again, I'm not too sure how well you're, you're, you follow Tenacious D. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan. By the way, clearly when I say the the show continues in an entirely different format, like Tenacious D, the band is still yeah, touring, they're still so. touring. Uh, the series can be considered a musical. Okay. Uh, the secondary one I was gonna get for free just because I sound those was funny. This does not help at all. IMDb lists the show under the tagline Six World Title," despite it never having a six-word title. 
What are, what's the six word title? There is no six word title. Tenacious D. There's Tenacious D. Pick of De- pick, uh, the, pick, the of, pick Destiny. of Destiny, which is seven words. Yeah. And then there's Tenacious D. The Masterworks, which is five. Yeah. So there's no six word title. Anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to make that joke. I have no idea. Wow. Next one. One of the uh, I have once about all the credited show creditor uh, cr- uh, creators. Uh, one of the credited show creators would later become a main case member uh, cast member. It's supposed to say autocorrect. Uh-huh. Uh, member of Arrested Development, David Cross. Oh, word. Uh, one of the credited show uh, creators most recently starred in film projects directed by. Brad Bird, Steven Spielberg, and Greta Gerwig. Bob hey. Odenkirk was in three of the was in movies by all three of them. Sure. Uh, he did it number seven. Number eight, two of the credited show creators. Let me know if you would have gotten this. Okay. Two of the credited show creators would uh, appear in a Foo Fighters music video. The secondary one, which I feel like if you would have needed help, uh, the music video was Learn to Fly, and uh, the two actors, who are Kyle Gass and Jack Black, uh, were uh, appeared as two hapless flight attendants who get the pilots high. Yeah, that would have been very obvious. Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. It all depended on... I don't know how much you know Foo Fighter music. That's like the one I know. Yeah, that's the, I know that one. I know the, the, the Monkey Wrench one. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't know. I, I like... you know like, And I think through process of elimination, how many other HBO stars would have been in a Foo Fighters video? Like fucking Lester Freeman and shit, man. <laughs> oh, that's for Freeman definitely would have been on there. Yeah. I think uh um what's his face? The really uh Charles Dance. He's been in a bunch of uh Charles Dance, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, he would have showed up and been like, Hey, what's up? What's up, Foo Fighters? Wanna get high? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe what's his face? Dean Winters from Oz would have been like, Oh, maybe it's Oz. Yeah, I keep forgetting about Oz. Yeah. Uh, number nine. The first episode. Here's a, uh, first episode features a character played by little-known actor Paul F. Tompkins. Oh. Uh, also, another episode features John C. Riley in full-body costume. Excellent. He plays Sasquatch. Excellent. Uh, and the last number ten. Instead of producing more episodes of the series, the, the creators this kind of piggybacks on the other one. The creators decided to make a feature film. The second or eighth one, if you needed help, or also if I really uh, revealed the one about the dates, which clearly you you picked, which was number one. Yeah. Like the film was released in 2006. Uh huh. Uh, the film did not do well and received poor critical response, but is now considered a cult classic. Yeah, I was working at a blockbuster video and that came out on video. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I always have to watch those looped things there. And they oh. always show a clip of them performing random cutaway to cameo of Amy Adams going, I love you. Really? Yes. That's it. You know, if there was a brief. Yeah. In 2006, there was a 2006 and 2008. There was a time when Amy Adams was like, was not a massive star. I want to be in comedy movies. The dumbest of them. She was in Tenacious D and she was in uh, uh, Talladega Nights. Yeah. Talladega Nights. And she um, had a bit. She had a random small arc in the office. <laughs> That's right. And wasn't she in, a, in an episode of Smallville where she ate someone? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of our very first uh, uh, guests on For Slow Readers. Yeah. We- TJ Himesoff, um, Brand new father. Yeah, we uh, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Teach. Uh, yeah, no, he he we, like we sat down and was like, watch this episode of Smallville, a show I never cared about. But he, but we were just like, is that fucking Amy Adams? And is she eating a person? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, okay, bro, that's how we play Gatekeeper. So is it nine points? Uh, yeah, nine points. All right, that that's a that's a good high. That is, that's a good high. That's a, that's up there. You guessed it pretty quickly. So I, Gabriel, did, I did, I did it. That's it. We're going to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about our feelings. Feelings. Right, are you ready for a break? Yeah, I guess. Right, we're gonna, we're gonna. I'm texting all my honeys. We're gonna go on break. My two lovely platonic friends. Fine, whatever. <laughs> Welcome back. Hello. Dear li- <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, man. I thought I had that under control. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Yep. See, that was, that was the one time I wish this was a YouTube series. Yeah, we had a, we had a long standoff <laughs> there. Where I, w- I was ready to cl- the clap and bring us back, and I was staring at Gabe, who was coughing. Yeah. And I made a big show being like, like 
I'm silently, fine. I'm, yep. I'm done coughing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then that happens. So you go, hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's yep. it. This is Slow Readers. Hi, I'm still Gabe. Where we hit the table every time we talk because we keep talking with that's our hands. That's you. I don't touch them. I don't talk in my hands. Oh, all the time. You keep bumping the mic. Every time. Oh, yeah. It's just I love bopping my head. Oh, stop it. Jesus Christ. Last time we blew on the mic so much. Seriously, Did we? It was really weird. Yeah. Weird. Uh, no, I mean, not huge, but we kept, clearly like somehow we're fucking ninjaing around our fucking- uh, Interesting. Our, our mic conduct's getting worse as time goes on? Basically, yeah. Wow. So that was a show about books. But, uh, <laughs> Daniel just hit the control, yeah. con- co- the control console. Control console. Like, I mean, yeah, it is, literally. Literally like an Ikea shelf with my laptop sitting on top of it. Mm-hmm. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. So this is a show about books. And we, we got a are. book to talk about. We do. A little thing Part called one. What's Not to Love. What's Not to Love. Yes. The Adventures of a Mildly Perverted Young Writer by Jonathan Ames. Yes. Gabriel, this yes, is Daniel. your wheelhouse. It is. Yes. And this is a book that you've been look, waiting to... Uh, have you read any stories of these until you've recently found this book? Mm-hmm. And got, like, have you read them before? No, okay, never. First time. I've literally here. been trying to, there have been two books mm-hmm. I've been trying to find with all my might since like 2010, 2006. I found the one a couple of years ago. I brought it on the show. It was that, um, that the Shiro Mifune and Akira Kurosawa book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I found that at a random bookstore in Easton, Pennsylvania. And this book, which I have no joke, been looking for for a decade. Yeah. And <clears> I finally <throat> found it and I love it. Gabriel, well, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask that question. Like, mm-hmm. I did it? Yeah, it, it met all your. I mean, the bar was the uh, bar was low. <laughs> I, I wasn't like expecting this to be like a life changing tome. It wasn't like like the the lost Haruki Murakami book that made me made me cry or something. Yeah, well, I mean, like <laughs> you were looking for this book for ten years. Don't say like the bar was low. You weren't passively like uncaringly being like like oh fuck does this thing sure i'll get it i guess mm-hmm. no um, i was thrilled to get it and um i i'm it's exactly what i thought it would be it's a, it's a collected series of quickly written moving perverted stories are published in a thing mm-hmm. all right um i'm trying to ask like a to get a longer answer out of you. Um, so, <laughs> no, I, I have more thoughts okay. on it, but actually I, I'm, I'm more curious to hear your thoughts, Daniel, because um, this is my pick. Obviously, I wanted to do it. Yeah. Obviously, I'm into it. So, But for you, you are not a bored to death fan. Yes. Uh, and uh, I wanted, I, I missed my chance to do this, and I realized this right after I, I passed it on to you. I wanted to jokingly introduce this book by saying, so What's Not to Love uh, is an experimental collection of body horror stories. <laughs> Because it's all like the grossest things about your bodies, everything from puberty to masturbation to sexual fantasies to gender identities, stomach palm parasites, to, to stomach parasites to sexual uh, uh, STDs, like fucking living things on your genitalia, yep. uh, to voyeurism, to exhibitionism, yep. to like everything that will make you be like, ugh. Yeah, this yeah. book is filthy. This book Don't is get me filthy. wrong. I, I like I had to stop myself before when you were saying it's like, no, these these are about some gross things, but like it's never too gross. And I'm like, Meh, all right. I don't think it ever gets. <laughs> I don't think it gets um, gratuitous or unpleasant. I think it's it stays gross. It's it's it stays gross, and it does thing. It does. It has a really nice way of never, you know. But it does like the gross things very cold. Yeah. I mean, you know. I'd suppose so. It were so like for the most part. I think I, I don't know, but uh, but essentially, it's like it's like yeah. I, I don't know. It reminds me of, <laughs> of Wetlands. Yeah. Does that, this remind you of Wetlands? In that sense, that that is one of my favorite movies. Top five of the last ten years, and that's a movie that is frankly disgusting. <laughs> Many, many disgusting things happen in that movie, but there is none of it is without reason. There's always a purpose, and there's always charm, pluck, and a certain kind of like, like, 
kindness and humanity always. Uh, yeah. if, if it was just like endless pages of a guy talking about his crabs, mm-hmm. that would be very, very boring to me. Instead, it's about the like fear and anxiety and paranoia. And what's funny about being... Male very... baldness, that's what I missed. Sorry? Sorry, male baldness. Yeah, there you go. It's 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 very these are confessional, very funny confessional stories, which is like my favorite genre. Yeah, and um, so did you not like the? Uh, no, Daniel? I was gonna say um, I was gonna say uh, Wetlands, the, st- the the movie that I'll always remember fondly. Uh, uh our old dear friend uh, Ryan Snyder. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- like after like a year of Gabe like like emphatically being like, gotta watch Wetlands. It's so gross and nasty, but it's like so charming. And then like Ryan's Ryan, uh, uh, you watched it with him. Yeah, we did it for our old show, Sex and Violence. Yeah. If you want to listen to it, those episodes are still available on S- Apple Podcasts. Still available, all of them. And like, uh, and specifically, he came to me and was like, yeah, listen, Gabe does a bad job. So this no, you you missed and, the key word that I always use. I always say there's a lot of ass blood in it. Yeah, no, that yeah, that's the one that you always. Yeah, and Ryan Ryan chided me. He's being like, like, stop telling people it's the ass blood movie. It's yeah. too good, and you are selling <laughs> it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's how I always remember that. But no, that's it. Like they were they were charm. They definitely were charming enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's one of those things. that's like this is entirely in your wheelhouse and in, outside of my wheelhouse. Yeah. But like they're no, they're charming stories. Like I can't. I can't fault it. Like he literally describes this. I think it was in the prologue where he's like, "Oh, he was running a column called uh, uh, City, Slicker. City Slickers," and basically, like he had, he's like, "I had some. I had to fill it up every like week, whatever it was. Not yeah, week. it was every six weeks first, yeah, and then it became. I think it might have been weekly, whatever it was. But like he had to constantly fill it with stories about himself, and he said that like he would go to other things to kind of find inspiration for these stories, but yeah. like. Like if they feel like like little like editorial columns about like hey here's some gross shit about my body mm-hmm. or experiences that I've had in the past like you know it's like that's that's what it is like I can't complain about like that's yeah. not my thing I can't complain about mm-hmm. it that's what it is yeah Daniel this is my legends of the fall yes exactly um and speaking of uh Gabriel speaking of Fairly, it's like, oh yeah this is your thing yeah no th- no that's what it is I don't hate it. But this is your thing. But it's not. It's not something that like I'm not. A, I wouldn't really go back into it for more necessarily. Well, we're doing the rest um, of the book. I mean, if you want to, fine. That's cool. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, at this point, it's like honestly, do you want to do? You were never really here because actually, yeah. Let's do that instead. Yeah. Let's. I want you to see. I the, think you you got a taste. Yeah. I'm gonna continue reading this. I love it. I I really hope to produce a show if if we can get our star on board. Uh-huh. I want to produce a new show for Top Gallant that's kind of a lot like this. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that, but, like, I, I'm curious about doing that, but also, if you want to do more stories of these, it's like, no, it's fine. I mean, they're, they're breezy enough. Um, you can also tell me, it's like, yeah, all the stories are, like, three pages long, which is a lie. <laughs> but, uh, but no, that's, that's fine. But, um, Gabriel, uh, I don't know how to really ask you specifically, because you said you had more to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the other things that you want to say about this. The smoothest of segues. Yes. No, that's <laughs> kind of a funny thing for me. Uh, you said earlier you're not a big fan of Bored to Death, but oh. my maybe besides this book now, my most distinct memory of Jonathan Ames is uh, it's it's so I think I know what you're gonna say. I know, yeah. I know, yeah. Um, many many years ago, probably around like 2011 or so, right around the time actually this book I found out about the whole book and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel came to visit me in uh, Brooklyn. Um, he was in Pennsylvania at the time and we spent an entire weekend getting shit faced drunk. And then the next day, because we'd be so hungover, we just watch TV, then go out and get drinking again. Cause we were young. We were mm-hmm. like 22. Yeah, yeah. And 
one of those days, we did nothing but watch all of um, Hell's Kitchen. Well, not all of it. We watched endless hours. No, Hell's um, Kitchen Nightmares. Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay, we yeah. watched like like <clears throat> 16 hours of Kitchen Nightmares, like yeah. plastered on my couch, nursing mini hangovers. Uh, the UK version, which is the fucking tits. It's so good. It's yeah. such a great fucking show. And then another day, we watched like the entire first season of Bored to Death. Is that what you did then? I, I remember. Because yeah. I remember watching things. The space car. <gasps> robots! What a robot! But no, um... Robocop prequel? I remember watching, like, basically all of Terriers. Uh, oh, we did that? No, place. that was that was during, um, uh... Yeah, that's when I lived there, I think, right? Yeah, you was lived there. Was that during there. the hurricane? That was during Hurricane Irene, I think it was. Irene? Was that the one that flooded? Yeah, yeah. you and I got, like, got, like plastered and just watched all of Terriers. I keep calling it Katrina. That was not that. No. One. Katrina's the one that like flooded... Like, 04, yeah. Um, New, Orleans. New Orleans. yeah. Okay, all right. Not the same one? No. Not the same year? No. Okay. No, there was another hurricane besides Irene that around then. Wasn't I think it was Irene. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, okay, no, no, all right. All right. Yeah, so I'm kind of surprised. I know that like that, I I just put it on because uh-huh. like like you, I didn't love bored to death. Yeah. I I got it. I didn't think it was that funny. Yeah. It, I I really didn't think so. <laughs> I I heard the premise and I'm like, that sounds like a, such a great idea. Mini detective stories, one incapable detective played by Jason Schwartzman. Lots. Uh, there you go. I hit the table. That's a uh. lot of crazy <laughs> antics, and. I put it on and I'm like, this is slow and kind of funny and there's it's certainly charming, but I don't know what this show's trying to be. Mm. Is this just the weed show? Maybe it's just the weed show. Yeah, it's it, the when I when I say like this this isn't really my thing. It's the same reason where like uh, like if you were to tell me how much you like bored to death, I'm like that's cool. It didn't ever grab me. Mm-hmm. I came in, I'll be like I'm expecting like a fun, characterful, yeah, like detective story that tends to get sidetracked because it's about like goofy characters, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it still kind of is that, but it's never funny. Yeah, so there's a lot of like character drama, way more than I thought there would be. Yeah, it, it's like part like like. HBO, I, I don't know what the word for it that I want to say. I always want to call it like indie drama kind of drama. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, and then it's also about weed. And then it's also about like gross shit like in this. Like I remember uh, Ted Danson uh, falling in love with his proctologist who's like this beautiful woman. And like she falls in love with him because uh, she massages his, 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 what it was. But yeah, that thing. Um, so like. And like that's what it was, and I was just like, "Yeah, this isn't my thing." <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think it might be time for a reevaluation. Um, uh, the professor, my lovely former lady friend, um, very very smart about her media, loves loves bored to death, like okay. loves it unequivocally. And I just I just, I mean, I love I I should love it and everything. I disliked it a whole lot, you know. Yeah. Shrug. But yeah, but you love his raw stories about yeah. himself. No, but that's that's kind of my point that, well, one, I have a wonderful memory of enjoying that show with you, co-host. Yeah, I, I remember like, like actually, I don't really, actually, to be honest, I don't remember watching it necessarily with you. I feel like I, I remember watching it with you. I don't remember the the, the environment. Yeah, I remember it was my, it was my like living room, just like, like past, like this really hungover watching the whole thing. All right. And then uh, I, I did, I had a different expectation from it because I was surprised when Dave told me, it's like, oh, these are like really gross, but heartfelt stories. Like some of them made you want to cry and they were lovely, but they were also disgusting. I'm like, like, this is what I want to, this is what I want to write first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And two, I just want to absorb all this because I was, it was everything, it was a right fit for me. Yeah. Like when you heard about Jim Harrison. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think about, like, like, well, there's another space car. Robocop prequel, again! Uh, (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to think about, like, the other things about this, is that 
one, is there I, a particular I, story you liked more than the others? Here's the thing. I is, wanna, there, is there one where you're like, nope? I want to make a very large, like presumption, assumption. I don't know. Sure, what assumption. I think assumption. Uh, assumption. I want to make an assumption. Sure. That without knowing the truth about it at all, is that uh, I'm pretty much sure everything here is mostly the truth. Mm-hmm. Right. Except for one story. Okay. The one with the painter. Uh-huh. Because I think he's talking about himself. I don't think so. I think he is. Every one of these stories is about himself, except for that one. And I think that he's talking about his own kind of explorations into uh, ex- exhibitionism mm-hmm. and voyeurism, mainly because he is clearly an exhibitionist. A lot of the stories are all about, are very confessional about like, you know, saying like, like essentially look, he was really exhibiting himself. Yeah. Uh-huh. And also like... The other thing is that he appears in season two of Bored to Death in a full like nude scene. So he oh, yeah. he has he and he wrote himself into that. And I know that's like a joke, but I'm thinking like, but I feel he that's like he yeah. But if that's interesting, I, I truly feel like that is the case. Where I, I think I that, don't necessarily agree, but I think that that's I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, but I, I, I think it is an assumption. Yeah, entirely. I think it seems enough of like a like it is different enough from all the other things that like oh I'm gonna write a profile about this weird fucking dude I know. Yeah. What is it? He's like missing half a leg. He's missing. He's missing. I think it's just his foot. I guess right. His foot. Yeah, it was just his foot because mm-hmm. he said that uh, his foot ends like uh, with like a stump. Yeah. Which is almost like a complete side story. The idea that most of it is just about him kind of. He gets into like like a hole about describing his like weird perversions where he's like first he's like I'm a voyeur then that goes into like he's an he, he he's an exhibitionist and mm-hmm. then he's like a fucking voyeur and he like wanders nude on top of his on the New rooftops York City yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah I think that one's called uh is it the the titular line was like a, an erection is a felony because you can be uh-huh. naked yeah apparently and people <laughs> won't give a shit but if you have an erection then like yeah then you'll go to jail for love fucking, that yeah. I know I I I I love it. Okay. Um, this is exactly my speed, and I think it's. I find it very funny and charming, and I don't know. Like it, it would have been for me anyway. Mm-hmm. It would have been easy for this collection to be like unpleasant, but mm-hmm. I'm never angry at it, and I laugh out loud a lot of the time. Yeah, okay. And I'm trying to think. Are any of these stories like particular? Did, particularly gotcha. Particularly get me. Yeah. Um. Well, I really like that one about um, the erection one. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. Uh, let's see here. Like the girls in my tub one, I found very interesting. That was like a weird, like, sh- like that was a pretty short one. Where it's just kind of like. I'm sorry, which one was that again? Was that the one with the um the, the homosexual fantasies? Uh no, okay. I don't think so. It might be, but it's one where like he like pictures like uh the a drug addicted girl. It's like come upstairs, come in my bathtub. And she's like no. But that was like a small section of the story. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. I think so. Does he have the homosexual stuff? Well, he's looking up. I'm going to point you over here to our sponsor of the show. The sponsor of the show is Whole Foods. Is it? Yeah. Whole Foods is like, like, dude, tell us, talk about the... Talk about the freshness of Whole Foods. And we're like, okay, man. So Whole Foods, it's so fresh that the prices are slightly higher. Nice. Did you find it? <laughs> no, wait, oh no, I did not. Wait, oh. I, I, uh, I don't find what you're talking about, but the girl in a tub <laughs> one does end if like he goes to like a, like a transsexual bar. Yeah, that one. Yeah, okay. and then he like like has this weird conversation, a very intense conversation with a with a transsexual woman. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I I love these. It, 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 I don't know because I've been watching like movies. I've been I watched You've Got Mail because friend of the show Katie Kometz recommended it, mm-hmm. and I've been very New York homesick lately. You've been home to New York more for, more recently than I have. Yeah, I, I was gonna say this story almost did the opposite, where like every mention of cockroaches, like you know, what? I don't miss New York in that. In well, that I don't miss the roaches. I miss, I miss that paranoia of being like, listen. 
there is a roach in this room. Yeah. We don't know where it is right now. Yeah, when you see, you like, like you know it's just a roach, but you still jump when you see it. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. What no, but I, I, I miss that feeling. It's what I loved about being, like, an early 20-something in New York. It's that you can, any night of the week, you can go out to a bar, you can have a weird fucking adventure, you can have a great conversation, you just get loaded. But I don't, I, I... I don't know about you. I feel like zero romance about living in LA. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong so far. And it's that thing where it's like, it's like, yeah, but there's also like, I don't know. I, I yeah. Also like love and hate New York as well. Yeah. It's no. like, it's like one of those moments I, when I moved away, I was furious at New York. I, I feel, I feel home in New York by there's a lot. I don't necessarily miss. Yeah. You know, I agree. Uh, but then again, but every time I'm there, I feel home. I mm-hmm. want to live there. Yeah. yeah. I want to move back there in a much higher income bracket. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I could live in New York and not ever worry about rent, that would be a whole other thing. Yeah, it'd be nice, but yep. who fucking anyway. knows? But um, I was going to say, like, if you have, do you have any final thoughts necessarily about, about the, the, the first No, I think I book? covered my bases. What have, about you? Have, have you read more of, of, of this book? Or no, this I, put, it? I put it down. I pass it to you. Okay. And you were like, dude, read as much as I did. How much did you read? Two-fifths of it. Yeah, like two-fifths. <laughs> like a, a gentleman's portion. A, gentle, a gentleman's poor. <laughs> yes. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, this is, this is yeah, th- this is something that, like, I'm not necessarily, like, I feel like uh, there's a lot of, like, is this trend? I, it's probably gone away from the past 10 years because of, again, like, the rise of, like, feminism, especially in terms of, like, the literary world, where it's, like, there, like there's a lot of authors out there, male authors, who are, like, I'm going to write a story about me and my dick. Uh-huh. It's the Henry Miller thing, and it's like the Bukowski thing, and speaking of Jim Harrison, his first novel, Wolf, um, it is like it is, uh, it's going back and forth between one about like him getting lost in the woods, and I guess like his like relationship with wolves or whatever, and then like the other half is him in like a laundry list of his uh, adventures with his dick. Um, uh-huh. It's like a laundry list of him and relationships. It's and like it's a spe- like specifically Bukowski book. It, it's Bukowski-ish, but it's also like it's like confessional about and like very like judgment free about himself kind of like leaving it to the reader sure you know um uh but yeah so like that's what it is and it's never really my 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 thing as much uh that book I, that i did not finish wolf uh-huh. uh but uh and i've also never been a bukowski person mm. but uh but then again like there there is You're not missing much yeah uh there there is an element of this it's like one of those things where like in your formative years, like you yeah. either are or aren't a Bukowski person. You if know? you didn't read Bukowski between the ages of seventeen and twenty-five, don't, don't, don't try. Yeah, there, like it's there, like just like getting into Led Zeppelin. Like, there, why would I start now? I'm thirty-two. Yeah, there, there are things that like you get into during those years. Led Zeppelin, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. Uh, a third thing. Anime. Anime. Yeah, that's I don't know. There's a lot of adults right now who are super anyway. Um, but uh, but that said, like yeah, that's what it is. I was never really into that, and that's why like kind of like this. Let's call it like genre mm-hmm. is kind of like just outside of my kind of like vision. Yeah, and it's it's really not. I I mean, it's obviously not quite your wheelhouse. Well, that said, I, this I, is this is diametric opposite to like Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, th- this is even though like I want to say it's being informative. That is actually that was formative for me. But but like then again, like but I'm going on about like how much like this is outside my wheelhouse. But I like the stories overall. Yeah. No, they're great I mean, they're, they're they're interesting they're fun they they're cringy and yeah. like they're supposed to be um not to not to be not to be an asshole but uh Uh-oh. I, I i don't have any experience with hit uh, the asshole button male baldness no oh. <laughs> uh <laughs> but like so like his description of his own baldness which is essentially and he even draws a picture of himself and his baldness mm-hmm. which is basically like his bald spot is in like the for, the forward part of, like we don't 
have this issue. No, uh, Daniel and I are blessed to full glorious heads of hair. Yeah, and maybe later on, I don't know, check up on us, see if we have, see if we start balding. But yeah, so we far, live pretty hard. So far, we're pretty, we're pretty okay. And I'm sure there's lots of people out there going through this and whatnot. No, why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, there you go. But uh, but no, his his bald spot is at like the the forward part of his forehead. So mm-hmm. he just de- the way that he described it is that there's like a little like rim of hair, a fringe <laughs> that like that's all he has. A and little then halo. A, yeah, like a little halo, and it looks terrible. Yeah. I'm almost annoyed at him being like, I didn't want to shave my head because like everyone where I was living is has the same. And I'm like, dude, shave your fucking head. Like it's it's like considering mm-hmm. all the problems he has. Because he's he's insecure about his his fucking bald spot. Yeah, it's like shave your head. Like I don't do it for those reasons. And I'm like, those are stupid. Those are stupid reasons. The other one, yeah. like you well, won't. Daniel, we we are fortunate that this has never been our problem. Yeah, and have you ever tried to persuade a bald friend to just um, like buzz their heads? No, I will not. And number one, that's a rude thing I tr- to do. I, I tried not, with Ibrahim. I will not. I will not. Oh, and yeah. he, he he eventually like caved i think eventually did that but it was kind of like on his own like yeah it's that thing where like it's a man's pride daniel <laughs> it's a man's pride his as, hair his hey, as, just locks that's, that's a flea bag one said it all comes down to your hair yeah but uh no here's it, everything it's a thing where it's like it's like it's more about the pre- it's like not the it's the um it's the ability to grow your hair or not where it's the idea it's like it's not about like oh just shave your head you'll lose it and it's like no that's not the problem. The problem is I don't have it. I yeah. don't have the choice. It's like us in facial hair. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. I have one. If I didn't have this one bald spot <laughs> right here, I could actually probably grow a little something. <laughs> uh, but anyway. So, patchy. Uh, patchy boy. Speaking of uh, male pattern baldness, uh-huh. uh, we have one more thing to talk about in uh-huh. terms of our... <laughs> I was wondering if one of us was going to say it. <laughs> uh, it's a little thing. Actually, I have no idea. If, does he, is he going bald? I don't think they, they both did it on purpose. Hey, we, we 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 arrived at their studio, and the first thing out of one of the host's mouth is a short joke. So, in your face, homie. Oh, did they? I had a yeah. flu. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. You were, <laughs> you were fucking cooked out. Anyway, take that, you fucking bald pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Very nice. So, speaking of uh, our bald pieces of shit, uh, uh-huh. we have one thing we'd like to do in terms of uh, dedicated to our old buddies on the East Coast, yes, the Whip Around podcast. Oh, shiny be horny. Please check out the Whip Around podcast every Whip Around Wednesday. That's Whip Around with one word, no space. They're not the Fox News show. They're a weird news program brought to you by Shawnee B. Hayes mm-hmm. and Dr. Phil Laporta, where they share all things weird news, macabre, and science. Mm-hmm. They are good times and are good friends. Yes. Uh, one little thing we'd like to do called Hazy Memories. Hazy Memories. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Years from now, when you remember having read this first third of the book uh-huh. uh, called Problems? Troubles. Troubles. Whatever. Uh, troubles. Uh, what will come to mind? What is your hazy memory? Boy, um, maybe my hazy memory. I think it's going to be that the, the erection is a felony story. Mm. It is just like that. It, it that, that description of him just hanging out with the gentleman Harry Chandler, just um sitting with him as like he's trying to sell paintings, mm-hmm. or like that. I, I he describes he's like on like West Broadway in Houston or something, mm-hmm. and I've walked past that block like like and countless times. So I have this wonderful image of his description. <laughs> like I, I think it's it's a really wonderfully well written story, specifically that one about this guy, this weird like like uh a like soul kindred spirit and just hanging out with him and judging him and loving him at the same time. Yes. 
Just now passing that street, just always thinking like, watch out. There is a sex offender of selling paintings on that street. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daniel, what about you? My hazy memory. I don't want to go to like the, the baldness thing. Cause again, like just, uh, yeah, especially that fringe and everything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, it's uh, like a tall guy bragging about being too tall. Exactly. Um, that's it. Yeah. This guy who is apparently, even though he's like, he, there's a, like a little pictures in the beginning. He's like a goofy looking dude, yeah. but apparently he's like fucking, he actually is like a good looking he's guy. He's a handsome guy. He's, he's a very distinct. Like like distinct facial features. He's he, tall and he's buff. He looks like Scottish or something like that. Yeah, you know? he looks like, like he could Irish. be like like a like a Scottish like hero. Yeah, yeah, you can see that. You know, he's always like really well dressed. I mean, like if he managed to woo Fiona Apple, he he has that fucking hat. One of the most exquisite women alive. The uh the what do you call it? Hat. Newsboy the, cap. Uh, newsboy cap. Thank you. Um no. Besides that, uh, I want to go to the uh, the first story because Gabriel, I I don't you know I went through puberty pretty early i don't remember yeah, changes and uh, w- i don't all that. either so like hearing him describe it in such like v- like he went through puberty he was essentially like a literal a physical and mental boy mm-hmm. by the age of 16 yeah. like a tr- like a real child like mm-hmm. a, you know in like the most literal sense um and he's showering of his like his buddies and they're like hairy big dick dudes yeah and, and the hem just and he's describing like the tininess of his penis and <laughs> and all that the undescension of his balls yeah and the and and his uh he's very open about his incredibly sweaty relationship with his mom mm-hmm. uh and not her fault his fault yeah uh and and yeah just like the idea that after his first like uh uh he, ejaculation he goes to his mom naked being like mom <laughs> i did he's it he's 16 years old yes and he's like mom i did it and she like has a book up to her face being like good job sweetie and he like lays down next to her Starts jerking off again, and I was like, "Look, mom, he's <laughs> he's sixteen. Yeah, like like a hundred years ago, people were like inventing things or uh-huh. like did their best works of art at sixteen. But like, <laughs> see, I, I think that's what I like so much about this collection. You're <laughs> describing something kind of upsetting, kind of really freakish and crazy and creepy. But in the context of the story, there's a kind of weird decency and sweetness to it. Yeah, no, it, yeah, and I, I agree with that. Where mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pointing out the disgustingness of it, yes. kind of ignoring the, the what the story is. Yes. Um. So like that's so like I'm saying this is what I remember. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm not. Well, g- remember is, the nice stuff too. Uh, but at the same time, I remember reading this and especially like what he's doing to his poor mom, and I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, good for him. Like three years later, he was a male model or whatever, right? Yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. much. And then he shot himself in Paris. <laughs> yeah, I love these stories. Yeah. So that's it. Let's no more time on this book. Yeah, get... Bye oh. bye. Okay, I was fake throwing the book. I, I real threw the book. You complain that I keep throwing your books, and I was like, well, that's because my books are always mine. Mine's paperback. All right. Uh, but you threw it. I didn't throw it. I threw it. Uh, so um. Yeah, that's uh. So for ne- next time we're gonna do Mariel of Redwall. Mariel of Redwall. Another story about gross body stuff. Yeah, very very thematic similarity. Yeah, totally. It's basically like, it's like the sequel. Same book, this. really. Um, probably came out. No, that's not true. Uh, Gabriel. Uh-huh. So next week, yeah, Mariel of Redwall. Gabriel, I want you to do one thing for me. What's that? I want you to plug your shit. Alrighty, gosh. Um, please check out um uh, self-evident Asian America's stories. Um, they're on season two. They're killing it. They're doing great. They're wonderful, affecting stories about the Asian American experience. I produced an episode in uh season one, episode three, the talk we were supposed to have. It's about my life. I'm very proud of it. Mm-hmm. It was featured on both the AV Club and on San Francisco Public Radio. So give that a listen. I think it's great times. Um, also please check out the other Top Gaunt radio show. It is called AP Film by Film School Professionals, Bam. where Katie Kometz and Molly 
Carmelo Morones are two young women who did not get to go to film school, so they're making their own film school curriculum. They are watching mm-hmm. movies attached by a syllabus, and then they get wine drunk and argue about it. Um, coming this week, um, a very long argument about Cloverfield and some kind of loose talk about Night of the Comet and Sharknado. Yes, and I will say uh, ahead of time, uh, in that argument, Katie is wrong. Katie's wrong. Malu is right. Malu is right. To find out what we mean, tune in for that episode. Check of it out. Give like, more uh, as much as we want you to give us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Go over to them. Give them some reviews. They're a brand new show. They need your support right away. So please give them a listen. Lastly, follow me on Instagram at read.richards. Read like reading a book. Daniel. Yes. Uh, yeah, you can buy my fiction right now anywhere you get your ebooks. Uh, specifically on Amazon, though, you can get the paperbacks for A Cook in the Kingdom Woo! and The Shadow from the Deep. Uh, also, um, yeah, it's still out there. Uh, the six episodes that I worked on, and, uh, but there's like two bonus episodes that are interviews or whatever. Um, uh, Guru, the dark side of enlightenment, yeah, yeah, yeah. a wondery show. I helped in that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's available right now. Go check it out and give it all the stars. Um, unless you're one of those people who keep reviewing it because of the commercials, apparently. Come on. It's uh, free. I don't. Yeah, it is free. Second off, I have, I, I pay for my fancy podcast. So, yeah. I yeah. pay for two subscriptions. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That yeah. literally like I pay for one. Like, why do you need the other? one well there's one one has more one has exclusives one has a sound of fiona apple's farts <laughs> oh god i love her so much oh boy they're gonna like her say you like her farts yeah, um, I but know. that said uh that is the end of the show okay all right bye top gallant radio brought to you by daniel gonzalez and gabe mara